Our hero and heroine finally make a breakthrough in their search for Mr. Prescott. Let's listen to Chapter 5 of The Curse. The world has grown increasingly dangerous since the events of 9-11. Surveillance techniques, technology, computerization, the Internet, spyware, hacking, encryption, etc., had combined to create an environment that ought to be incredibly beneficial to mankind. But not when people who lived mentally in the 7th century A.D. now use social media to recruit impressionable young people to become brutal murderers of so-called infidels. Dan Edmondson faced the onslaught at work every day. His preoccupation with the mystery of Richard Fenner's disappearance was something that was not allowed to replace his normal duties. Protecting the homeland was job one. However, he could not keep his mind from returning to one name on the list his chief had shown to him. It tied Fenner even more strongly to the players in that incredible discovery back in the early 1920s. What was the connection? In fact, how was a man named Albert Prescott, who had not arrived in America until 1936, long after the tragic events of 1923, related to Richard Fenner? That made the least sense of all. What was the key that would unlock the secret? The name Dan had seen on the list should have no connection to the Fenner family, but that man had to be the one who sent the check to them. But why? There was no way to prove anything. No real evidence existed, except a check received and Dan assumed cashed and spent long ago. He decided that it was time to give it up. Dan would tell Helen about the name on the list but he did not plan to tell Mrs. Brooks. He did not want to upset her. If Helen agreed that it was a strange conclusion and that there was absolutely no way to prove anything, they would stop the nonsense and get back to work. They would continue to see Alicia Brooks as often as they could. Their affection for her grew stronger each time they spoke to her. He met Helen for lunch and told her about the name. Doesn't it strike you as utterly strange, I mean weird even, that someone by that name might have sent that check, Dan? Helen, I'm at the end of this. I have dug for all the information I can. I even got my boss to help me, and he was the one who got the list with the name on it. It was my leap of faith that drew the conclusion of a possible connection, but that does not connect at all with anyone named Prescott years later. Mrs. Brooks cannot remember why she remembers the name Prescott. Someone must have said something to her when she was young, perhaps one of her parents. Maybe it's something her mind made up. There's no way to go forward from here. Albert Prescott, circa 1936, is long dead, and it would take us a lifetime to track him down and find out why he fell off the face of the earth. Whether his intentions were good or evil, We'll never know. I can't spend too much time on this. I suggest we drop it, go and tell Alicia about our decision to stop, and simply spend the time with her from now on. What do you say? Dan, I never expected that you would get so wrapped up in this, and I love you for it. Yes, I said love. You are the sweetest man I've ever met. The way you care for Alicia is heartwarming. 
How many guys your age would give a person like her the time of day? I like old people. I was raised by them. You know that, but what you don't know is that we can learn so much about life from them. We take everything for granted. But they were there when things began. I want to adopt her as another grandmother, with you, if you're willing. I'm not sure how much time she has left, but you've seen her face when we walk into her room. She's fantastic. Maybe all she did was finish high school when the Great Depression hit and the whole world fell apart, but she has volumes of experience we lack. We can learn things from her that aren't in any textbook anywhere. Dan's eyes were shining. Helen, you use the word love. If it's okay, I'd like to show you how I feel about you. I was going to wait until the end of the year, but I don't want to wait any longer. I work in a world that grows scarier and nastier every day, but I know the work I'm doing makes a difference. I can't talk about my work with anyone, but that doesn't mean that I don't need you in my life. Dan reached into his pocket and took out a small box. He opened the lid. Helen's eyes grew big, and a great smile spread over her face. The ring was absolutely beautiful. She was breathless in that moment. Helen, will you spend your life with me? Will you take my hand and walk with me every day? We can share a grandmother, too. We'll just have to adopt her as our very own. The people at the other tables in the restaurant around them were rising from their tables and aiming their phone cameras. Yes, oh, Dan, my love, yes, I will be your wife. Cheers from people around them in the restaurant were loud and long. The month of August had arrived. It was warm, but not as warm as it normally could be in Philadelphia. Late summer in Philly can be brutal. Dan and Helen had chosen Christmas to be married. They had talked about winning a year, but they wanted to be sure that Alicia would be at their wedding. God willing. So Dan suggested Christmas Day. His paternal grandparents had married on that date in 1925. Helen thought it was a wonderful idea. Alicia Brooks agreed as well. She would turn 100 years old on October 25th. She promised them that she would be their grandmother, honorary or otherwise, as long as they cared to have her. Dan and Helen took Alicia on outings to the Philadelphia Art Museum, the Franklin Institute, Independence Hall, and other attractions in the Delaware Valley. They did not talk about her uncle anymore. One day, Helen suggested that they take a trip to Longwood Gardens. As the threesome made their way about the lovely place, Helen picked up a brochure on Lancaster. Dan was from Connecticut, and he had never been there. Helen had visited several times when she was in high school with her family. She decided they needed to plan a trip there, too. A week passed, and they drove by Longwood and continued on the road to where the GPS took them to the Lancaster area. They preferred back roads to congested main routes, and they loved getting off the beaten track for lovely scenery. They made the turn off Route 41 at Gap, Pennsylvania. They drove through the valley, passing Amish buggies and farms, as they made their way into the delightful town of Strasburg. They parked, got the wheelchair out, and the three of them went for a stroll. They reached an ice cream parlor on the corner and agreed getting a cone was a splendid idea. They found a table 
and made room for Alicia's wheelchair. They ordered their ice cream and had a great time eating, talking, and laughing. When they finished, Dan went to the register to pay, while Helen eyed a rack of brochures. One caught her eye. She picked it up and started reading through it. It was titled, Strasbourg Oddities. Helen opened the brochure. There were several pages. In an article titled, Whatever Happened To, there was a list of ten strange things with descriptive paragraphs. Many of them were funny, whimsical. And then she came to the seventh item on the list, and a chill went up her spine. She read through it again. She stuck the brochure in her purse as Dan took Alicia's wheelchair in hand, and the three left the shop. They returned to their car and spent a lovely day in the Lancaster area, avoiding the shopping malls but enjoying the back roads, Amish farms, and many pleasant places to stop. They chose carefully because wheelchairs are not always convenient in some environments. Their concern was for Alicia and what kind of day she was having. When they returned her to the home, she was tired but smiling. This has been one of the most wonderful days in my life, dear ones. God bless you both. You'd better get home and get some sleep, Alicia said. They hugged and kissed her and returned to their car. Before Dan turned the key in the ignition, Helen said, Let's sit for a moment. I have something to show you. Helen opened her purse, took out the brochure, and handed it to Dan. Turn to page five and go to item seven, she said. Please read it. Dan did as instructed. His eyes grew big. He read through it a second time, and then a third. He turned to look at Helen. She said, what do you think? Dear Lord, Dan said. I think we've found Prescott. Helen said, yes, I think so too. <laughs>